Hello, everyone, and welcome to episode 19 of the Computer Business Marketing Show. Our show today is brought to you by TechSite Builder. TechSite Builder is a hosted website builder that allows you to quickly and easily get a clean and professional website up and running for your computer or tech-focused business. Save time and frustration with TechSite Builder. Learn more at TechSiteBuilder.com. And it's brought to you by the DC Unconvention 2017, the second annual conference for IT business owners. Learn from fellow techs and business owners, get business strategies that work in the real world, and discover new tech. Learn more at unconvention.io. On today's episode, we talk with Jay Burley about how you can get the most out of your email newsletters. And are paper newsletters still a thing? Apparently they are. Plus, we'll help a new business owner figure out what to put on his flyer, and we'll chat about the pros and cons of Instagram for business. All that and so much more coming up right now. Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Computer Business Marketing Show. If you own or work in an IT services business, this is the place to learn how to get more clients, keep them happy, and grow your revenue. You can watch, download, and or subscribe to all show episodes at computerbusinessmarketing.com. You can also catch our live stream on Facebook every Thursday at 7 p.m. Eastern. Just be sure to like the Tech Site Builder Facebook page, then click the following tab and choose see first so that the live stream will jump to the top of your feed. All right, guys, the topic today is going to be a fun one. We have Jay Burley here, who's going to, uh, he is the owner of IT Guaranteed, which is a software development firm. Uh, but before he got into uh, software development, he was actually uh, an owner of a computer repair and computer consulting business, like most of us who are, who are listening to this. Uh, we had him on as a guest previously on the computer business podcast. So it's good to have him back on the Computer Business Marketing Show to talk marketing. And uh, the topic we're going to talk about is is newsletters, the two sides to newsletters. We're going to be talking about, you know, the modern email newsletters that we've all come to know and either love or hate. I think we all have kind of a love-hate relationship with uh, the newsletters these days. Um, and then we're also going to talk about the old school physical paper newsletters and why those might still be relevant and kind of the pros and cons to both of those approaches. Should you do both? Should you do one or the other? Uh, we're going to kind of dig into all of that and we're going to have fun with that. Before we dig into the uh, featured topic, as always, I like to hop on over to the Computer Business Marketing Facebook page and see what the community has been talking about. Um, I'm going to kind of follow the same theme that we were following in the uh, the topic for today's episode with the uh, the Facebook group as well, because there were a couple different posts that people were posting in the Facebook group that kind of speak to um, this, the same kind of dichotomy of the physical marketing versus the online marketing. So the, the first post we have from the uh, Computer Business Marketing Facebook group was uh, from Cristobal. And he was asking, uh, it, it looks like he's kind of a new business owner, and, and this is what he posted. He said, I've been trying to see what would work best as a new business owner. The issue I'm having is, should I have a flyer for each service offer or just put them on paper like a menu item type of thing? I have been going back and forth with listing prices or not. How can something so simple be so difficult? If any of you guys, gals have suggestions or templates, because I really am stuck and want to make an investment in something that will be worth it. Thanks for any help. 
So basically, Crystal Ball's asking about, you know, he wants to have the paper flyers to hand out. And that's a great way to get started, I think, when you're when you're first starting a computer business. Um, and, you know, uh, first of all, he's asking, you know, where, where can I find a good template and what should what kind of information should I have on there? Um, Jay, I'll, I'll get your opinion on that real quick. First, just wanted to mention that um, there is the uh, we, we mentioned a couple products in in the uh, the post there, one of those being uh, TechNibble's uh, computer business kit. Uh, and that's a great package, especially for new business owners who who don't have all those documents that you need in place. This is a great starter, uh, great way to get you know the the service forms, the invoices, the uh, the agreements, um, all of those different kinds of forms that you would need in your business. And also, uh, he has a bunch of different flyer templates that you can choose from as well. So that's kind of a great way to get a template and to get started. Um, and you can uh, find that uh, at technible.com and then just go to the products. Uh, menu and uh, and check out the computer business kit. Um, also, uh, Paco mentioned that there is uh, uh, computer repair flyer templates at a place called postermywall.com. Um, and so those are some great uh, templates that you can use to kind of get uh, inspired. And, and they're very well designed and very slick looking. Um, so that's kind of a great place uh, to get started with that as well. Um, and I'll post the links to both of those um, those resources in the show notes. So if you guys are interested in checking those out, um, head on over to the show notes page, and uh, and you can see those resources there. Uh, Jay, what do you what do you what advice would you give to this fella? He's he's kind of um, asking about what information should go on a flyer. Should he have different flyers for different services? What are your thoughts on that? Uh, depends on his market, where he wants to target it. And I'd probably definitely consider a, uh, a different flyer, residential versus business, but you might w- want to target that each one and you might want to go with a general menu. Uh, I'd be thinking the menu for each one, but um, it depends on how variable the services being offered are um, and whether you might want to leave yourself some room for branding so that someone gets to know your business. So you might do a couple of, let's say, for example, you just going to, and how you're going to distribute the flyer. So if you're going to letterbox it by hand, you might want to go around a neighbourhood once and distribute a, perhaps a general flyer. And then maybe a few weeks next month, give you a measure how that went, distribute in the same area another flyer about maybe some training services or some other services that you want to provide. And that's going to not just get your name out there for one service, but increase your branding and people will become aware that you're an expert in that area. Yeah, I think that's a that's great advice. And and you know, I'm a I'm a big fan of a, a single call to action. Um, and that works on websites, and I think that also works in print. If you have a, a flyer, um, you know, focus on on one kind of service offering. Whether and that could be you know computer repair. It could be something broad like computer repair, or it can be something very focused like training or a specific type of repair, repair like cracked iPhone screen or something. Um, and then, like you said, uh, you know, cycle through different ones, test out what works and what doesn't. Because um, I find if 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 like if I receive a flyer in the mail with just a, a load of different services, I, I kind of just get overwhelmed and and throw it in the trash. It's just it's it's too much for me to to think about. Too many um, decisions. Too many decisions. So um, I, I mean, of course, the most important thing is is a big fat phone number and a big fat you know URL to your website. Um, 
Because that way, you know, if, if someone does see, oh, computer repair, I, I need that right now. Let me give you a call. Um, they they have that information handy because you'd be surprised how often I see flyers where the like the phone number is an afterthought, um, and you have to go hunting for it, which is is kind of defeats the purpose. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, the flyer, email address, um, text. Um, have all your contact information. I think another trap uh, a lot of people get into is they might be so used to, uh, whether, whether whether they're millennials, they might be so used to texting that they only put, you know, text me on or whatever, but have lots of methods of contact because it's not uh, your preferred method you want, it's your your clients, your customers' preferred method. You want to capture them. Exactly. And, and you know, QR codes were big for a while. I'm not sure those are <laughs> very re- uh, too relevant these days. It was kind of a fad, I think. I don't know. But hey. But yeah, beta, beta VSS and all the rest. Yeah, cool. So, so those hopefully that helps you out, Cristobal, and and our answers here and the answers in the Facebook group um, were, were kind of point you in the right direction. Uh, another post I wanted to uh, highlight was um, I, I shared an article about Instagram uh, and why you should consider uh, having an Instagram business account. So recently, within the last year or so, I think Instagram made available like actual business profiles. So you can have your personal profile, but you can also have a profile for your business. And it's not something I've checked out, but it's something that I've seen, um, you know, pictures of, and and it gives you, you know, the kind of analytics that you would expect from a business account. You can also have your personal account and your business account together, so you can go back and forth between the two. Uh, but the article um, that I shared was basically kind of the pros and cons about. Uh, why you should consider um, using an Instagram business profile. And, uh, you know, we got some reactions in the comments about um, folks who, you know, who are using Instagram business, some who aren't. Um, someone, uh, Jason, mentioned that uh, he only posts things related to community involvement, like what you're about, the projects they're working on, and to show the personal side of the business. And I, I think that's a great. Use case for Instagram, which is you know very image focused. Um, so kind of like behind the scenes look at the shop or some pers- some more personal photos of even maybe you you know hanging out on your time off. You know a lot of folks like to see the businesses they deal with are real human beings and that they can relate to some of the things you're up to. So if you're comfortable with doing that, that's that's an option. Um, Patrick Palmer mentioned that he uh, only uses <laughs> his um, his Instagram profile for. Uh, for his celebrity photo album, he's he's big into taking pictures with celebrities, and that's kind of a, a thing he has going. And he's got a whole Facebook page devoted to it and stuff. So um, he, he views his work, uh, the work that he does with his clients, as confidential. So he doesn't like sharing those behind the scenes looks um, at what he's working at, and you know that that's a, a legitimate um, you know point of view as well. But I think it's something to explore, especially if you're. You know, definitely consumer. I think uh, Instagram is more consumer oriented, not not very B two B friendly these days. Um, but uh, if you're you know focused on consumers, especially like the you know fixing uh, cracked screens. I mean, I can just imagine someone who who cracked their screen is is scrolling through Instagram and they see your ad for fixing a cracked screen or your post about that. I mean, that's there's no better way to connect with someone in the moment than that. So that's something to think about. Uh, is that something you've, you've explored at all, uh, Jay? Oh, look, um, I am definitely not the person to ask about social media. <laughs> I'm really only on Facebook because 
of groups that you run and uh, other, um, I think, IT bug uh, groups. Mm-hmm. Um, I have a bit of a look at Google+, Plus, probably um, LinkedIn. I'm still experimenting. Um, Instagram, um, all look, all I know about it is for pictures and I can't see that working, uh, you know, people interested in screenshots of, of screens that I've developed or maybe what <laughs> right. I consider to be a great GUI um, user interface. I just can't see it. But I, I really love your example. You just drew a picture of, in my mind, of a cracked screen. I think that's a ripper. Um, outside of that, I'm struggling to find case, um, good business cases for it, but especially time. I think there's a phrase I think you uttered to me three and a half years ago when we last spoke about tumbleweeds blowing down the main street. Uh, I think that's a fantastic analogy for any page that I created on on Instagram. Right. Yeah. And, and it's, you know, it, it, with any social media, it's really, you got to think about where your audience is and, and go where they are. So, um, you know, your audience would probably be more likely on LinkedIn or, or something like that. Um, as far as social media. And again, maybe even social media might not even be something that works for your business. If you're more, you know, the kind of person to person interaction or going to networking events or something like that. Um, the, the, that's the cool thing about all of this stuff is you, you find what works for you and you stick with it and, and everything else, you know, Hey, you don't and need, you keep, and you keep on testing. You don't give up. You don't sit still. I once talked to a jewelry, um, jewelry store owner who's in, in Launceston, if you like, they've got the central main corner on the business, main business, business corner in town. And basically their comment was, Hey, change your window display, you know, regularly. Those businesses that are doing poorly are the ones who've always got the same display. I think it's the same thing with our business, with our web pages, um, with how we approach marketing in general. Great, uh, great advice. Yep. Um, so, you know, all that stuff's going on in the computer business marketing Facebook group. Head on over to Facebook, search for computer business marketing. Uh, you'll find us there and, uh, then request to join. We have a couple very easy questions. We just ask, you know, what, what's your business? Um, and how'd you hear about the group? You can say the podcast or, or whatever. Uh, but, uh, we'd love to have you there. Uh, the, the list of very quality, um, people keeps growing and we, we want to keep it that way. A lot of great interactions, a lot of great advice. Um, so we'd love to have you there in the computer business marketing group. All right. Uh, before we jump into the featured topic today, just want to give a shout out to our first sponsor. And that is the unconvention. The unconvention is only weeks away, uh, less than three weeks, I believe, uh, away. The uh, unconvention is the uh, event of the year for IT business owners. It's going to be held here in the Washington DC area, about 30 minutes down the road from where I am. Uh, and we're really excited about it. We've got everything planned. We're, we're just putting the finishing touches on it. Um, it's being, uh, put together by Corey Fruitman of Instant House Call and myself. Uh, and then our sponsor for the event is Malwarebytes. This is the second year that they're sponsoring the Unconvention and we're happy to have them. Malwarebytes is going to be at the Unconvention talking about their, their tech, uh, their tech tool set for, for techs. So it's basically um, a bunch of different computer repair tools that are, are rolled into the whole Malwarebytes experience. Um, last year, Malwarebytes came to the unconvention and kind of asked the group, you know, what can we do to serve you better? How can we help the community? We really want to be a part of the computer repair and IT business owner community. And so we gave them a lot of feedback. And that's the cool thing about the unconvention is it's a very unfiltered, uh, very informal 
gathering of of all of us, uh, including the vendors, to talk about you know the issues that you might be having with their particular uh, products or any um, you know anything that you you want to get off your chest. It's a perfect time to do that. So they they took our feedback and they rolled it all into this new um, this new tech tool set that they're offering, and um, they're going to be highlighting a lot of that stuff at this year's unconvention. But aside from that, we also have lots of interesting um, sessions. We have Brian Best of Best Max, who's going to be talking about his journey of growing his business from break fix computer repair, or uh, specifically Apple Mac repair, uh, into a retail shop, into an MSP, and then finally uh, selling that off and then starting a product business. Uh, so he's kind of gone through all the different iterations of a computer business that you can think of, um, and uh, he's learned lots of lessons. He's going to be talking about lots of stories he has. Um, so that's going to be almost worth the price of admission on its own. But we got a lot of other things. We've got the uh, the pod note, which is going to be uh, all of us podcasters going to get together and, and kick off the convention talking about uh, the one topic, and that is how to convey value to your clients. So to your clients, is it hard for you to raise prices? Um, or if you try to charge a certain amount, do you have pushback from your clients? Um, that can come from not properly conveying the value of your services. So we're going to talk about how to convey value in marketing, how to convey value when you're visiting and interacting with your clients, and how to convey value with certain specific types of services like compliance and networking and those types of things. Um, so that's the pod note. We also have another session of uh, working groups where we're going to get together in small groups and hash out the problems that we're all having in our businesses around a certain topic, whether it's pricing, marketing, or productivity. So if you're struggling with keeping productive throughout the day, you can go to the productivity working group and talk about what you're struggling with and then talk about you each can talk about some of the uh, the things that have worked for you. And then as a group, you come together and, and come up with solutions to your problems and then come to the group as a whole and we all get together as a big group and then we, each working group talks about the solutions they found for the problems. So it's a great way to um, kind of mastermind through some different issues you're having with like-minded folks and then come together as a big group and learn from each other. And that's all on day one. And, and that's on Saturday. We still have Sunday where we're going to have labs, hands-on labs around different technologies and how to do different things like SEO or network diagnostics or um, repair tools. Um, and we'll also have Malwarebytes giving a lab and a walkthrough of their own products as well. Um, and then we end the day Sunday with a, a community Ask Me Anything, an AMA, where we talk about the best tools for the job. Uh, and then that's your, your chance to pick all of our brains and we'll kind of just have a conversation back and forth and, uh, and help, help each other out with pressing issues. Plenty of time to network, plenty of time to eat all the good food that we're going to have provided for you, and plenty of time to enjoy Washington, D.C., um, so this is all happening September 16th and 17th. There are tickets still available, but grab them quick because they're going to be going quick. Uh, and also it's going to be tough to get a hotel room um, so close to the event. So if you've been thinking about going or you're planning on going, definitely do it now. Head on over to unconvention.io. And when you check out, use the coupon code TSB to get $40 off your ticket to the unconvention. We'll see you there in Washington, D.C. All right. So... Let's jump into the feature topic, and uh, the feature topic today is all about uh, newsletters, both physical newsletters and email newsletters, and uh, we have our guest Jay Burley on to talk about that. Jay Burley, uh, remind me where you're joining us from. 
Um, I'm in Launceston, Tasmania, uh, Australia, and Tasmania is the little island down under, down under. We're an island state of around um, 600,000 people. Um, we're first day of spring here, so we've still got cold. We've also, I've also managed to, the first day of hay fever, so that's a great reminder <laughs> too. I guess you've got what autumn or fall over there. Uh, it's we're we're ending summer. Summer's kind of winding down right now, and uh, and it's still still pretty warm. Um, but yeah, we'll, we'll be getting fall here in a, in about a month or so. Uh, so that's great. I, I, I love uh, having folks from all over the world. You know, most folks know Tasmania from like the Tasmanian devil from the Looney Tunes cartoons and, um, and, uh, and the, the real life Tasmanian devil that I, I've seen, um, you know, on some nature documentaries and stuff. And, and that's about all I know. So it's great to, to know someone who actually lives there and, and that there's a, you know, a vibrant community over there. And, uh, and we love having you on to, to talk tech and talk business. So um, there is well, Bryce from sorry Bryce from Technibble. He's I think in Melbourne, which is just directly north of us, just across the water. How far is the the, the trip if you wanted to go to Melbourne? Uh, by by plane, um, fifty minutes. Not bad, not bad. Cool. Up and down. I've it's definitely on my bucket list to to head uh, over to Australia um, at one point. Um, I love love the folks there. Um, you know, have a few friends like you and Bryce who are over there. Um, and, uh, and, uh, the, you know, the nature and, and everything is just so different from everywhere else, right? You've got the, all the, you know, the marsupials and all the wide open spaces and stuff and lots of different things that can kill you. <laughs> so I hear, uh, so, um, I'd lo- love to check that out. It's definitely on the bucket list. Um, so before we jump into the topic, why don't you give folks a little bit of a background for those who don't know you, who didn't, who didn't catch your uh, appearance on the show previously, um, kind of where you come from and, and how you grew into where you are now as the owner of, of the software development firm, um, IT Guaranteed. Well, I came back, uh, I keep coming back to um, when I started, which I call the golden time of computers. Um, I started a business 1st July 1995, a uh, different business name and a different business focus. Back then, I was primarily consultancy, um, uh, assistance, uh, training. Um, you probably call it bright fix these days. Um, and we didn't have that many viruses out there, so viruses weren't a problem. Uh, and I focused... Um, I, my focus went where I got my money from, and that turned out to be training. So I come very... Um, very proficient in uh, one government contracts in training, uh, and that's where I focused my business. Um, eventually, after a few years, I decided I could actually earn more money and less stress uh, by going back in the workforce, and I did that. But I, mm-hmm. in the meantime, I had previously developed some software that I kept supporting throughout my time. I went and worked for a number of departments at a university, um, and I managed not to get to... Um, department centric or get institutionalized um, and I maintain my customer focus and my client service attitude uh, and then um, as life progresses um, and I we had a baby daughter I became a home dad and looked after my daughter and the funny thing was all the blokes at work said oh so you're going to run your business in your free time and all the ladies at work said do you really think you know what you're doing? <laughs> because 
the workload was quite intense and it was seriously, I couldn't really do anything from the business in the first few years. And then, you know, it might have been half an hour here, half an hour there. And it was really when she got back to school that I decided to go with a software development business. And then I was looking at, um, um, because programming was my first love. So then I was looking at developing. So then, um, yeah, um, I was still programming um, and focusing on the old style, which was a one-off license and they use it forever. And then one of my clients turned around and said, hey, look, it would work better for us if you had some skin in the game and said, how about an annual fee? And so now I've completely switched around and I'm totally annual fee um, basis. And as a result, I just work about 10 or 15 hours a week. The money re- rolls in regardless because it's not dependent on the hours I work. As long as I'm there to support the product when they need it, um, the clients remain happy and stay paying the annual subscriptions every year. Uh, so that works for me and allows me to do life choices that I want to do. Um, yeah. So, yeah, so that's what I'm doing now. And mainly I spend my time playing with marketing and, and research different ways in which I can market my business um, in that way. Excellent. Yeah, that's great. You know, that's that's something I found also with uh, Tech Site Builder is that that's kind of the same sort of um, idea where, you know, folks pay either monthly recurring or annually recurring. And uh, my job is to keep the platform, you know, stable and secure and add, you know, features that people are wanting. But as far as like my day to day work, I don't have to focus, you know, a lot of hours on that. Um, and that's 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 a great place to be. And I encourage everyone to kind of look for opportunities to have those kinds of services, even in your your break fix business. You know, uh, managed services type of of things where you're monitoring PCs, doing kind of the proactive repair, um, uh, and and just keeping an eye on things, keeping things updated so that the the computers don't ever break down. And you just you know, I wouldn't say don't ever break down, but the, they don't have less of a chance of breaking down, and you're just, you know, you're keeping an eye on things, but your hands aren't getting dirty with fixing computers every day. Um, it's it's it is great because then, yeah, you can you you can work whatever hours you want. You can you know take a Monday off and go out, you know, doing something if you want, and uh, and it's really kind of a, a freeing type of business to be in. So let's get into the topic, which is uh, which is newsletters. Uh, let's let's start the conversation with you know uh, probably something that a lot of us are familiar with, and that's the email newsletter. Um, I know it's something that I've had a lot of experience with um, in in all of the different projects I run. Um, I you know make sure to basically start off. Uh, I've learned this over time, but now I know that if I start a new project or I start a new product or something, it, collecting those emails is kind of the first thing you want to do. Uh, before anything else, you know, to to not only gauge interest, you can also get people's feedback on if if it's a new service or something like that. You can you can start to get their feedback on on what you're going to be offering. I like to be very open about these things, so I like to to say, hey, these are the features I'm planning on on you know releasing. What do you guys think about it? And really kind of help let your your news your your newsletter or email list. Uh, guide you through the process. Then once you have a service, um, then you can start sending out regular newsletters. This is something I did with your friendly neighborhood computer guy. Um, and that was kind of a, a blog slash newsletter uh, that I would uh, send out with tips for computer business owners. Um, uh, that was the most consistent I've ever been with a newsletter. I do have a newsletter that I send out every now and then to my web development clients as well. Um, and then I'm getting ready to launch here in the next month or so a computer business marketing newsletter that's going to be tied in with this podcast and the Facebook group. Um, 
So it's it's a great way to um, to to pull people into your world and to keep clients and potential clients um, up on your brand um, and and stuff like that. Um, but it does, you know, it, it requires that you you do some work to gather those emails, uh, and and that can be tricky. Um, it also requires question. Yeah. Sure. The difference between your WordPress client business and the group we now doing, there's got to be a clear. There would be in your mind, I guess, a clear distinction, and yes. how you gather the email addresses would be different for both. And I don't want your numbers or anything, but that the, the must be much harder to grab for your WordPress clients. Yes, it is. It is, and um, those. So for for the WordPress clients, I actually don't really have much of a of a list that I've built of potential clients. It's really only a list of clients that I've worked with already, and then I you know I keep them nurtured through um, emails and newsletters, but I don't necessarily have something for potential clients. Um, part of the reason for that is um, that there's a lot of great sources of um, you know general WordPress news that are already out there. So I'd have to work a little bit harder to to distinguish, you know, myself and my voice. And I'd rather focus that on the tech site builder and the computer business marketing side because that's that's where I'm most comfortable. I already have a, a big list of of those of those folks. Um, so so that's what I'm focusing on. So, so what, what is I guess it? it's more existing clients for your WordPress business, yep. and whereas here you're probably extending the reach out and trying to get more built on your your list for this kind of group. Right, exactly. Yep. Yeah, I'm trying to work. The reason I'm coming, I'm coming from that is because my business is similar specialization to yours, and I'm trying to um, work out how to click those email um, addresses. And so far, it's been highly unsuccessful. Mm. Um, what have you tried? Um, um, uh, pretty much the free ebook, the free giveaway. Just tell me if you can hear the dog barking. Um, the um, uh, and promoting that, and probably that's another topic for another day, is how to promote blog posts. But, um, yep. um, yeah, promoting it that way. And it's it's just been uh, a dismal fader. But uh, communicating with existing clients, uh, it's interesting. Um, I actually don't have a mailing list for my existing clients, but I do regularly give them the paper newsletters that we'll talk about in a mm. moment. Interesting. Yeah. And, and so, yeah, that's, um, you know, that's, that's something that, um, I found works really well is sending those newsletters to existing clients, um, the email newsletters, uh, because every time I do, uh, and I do it very inconsistently and very irregularly. So they're not really used to it. So when they do get the email from me, I'll get one or two folks saying, Oh, Hey, by the way, there's this issue I've been having with my website. Uh, could you take a look? Or that reminds me, I've been wanting to add, you know, a social media aspect to my website. And so we get a project going for that. Um, so it does help to kind of re, you know, uh, introduce I, my business. I really like that inconsistency. I'm exactly the same because I think, look, if you're going to get an email from somebody once a month, once a fortnight, eventually it's going to end up in the spam trash folder unsubscribe. But, um, if it's if you're only doing it when you've got something to say, then it, people are going to take notice. They're going to go, "Oh, it's from Matt Rodella. I better read this. It could be important. I don't want my website down, you know, for the next week or whatever." 
Yeah, and I think I think there's there there are two different two different um, use cases. So there is the the regular newsletter, and I can think of uh, a few regular newsletters that I look forward to receiving, and that I um, I don't read every one, but I still you know I see them there, and I'm like, oh great. Um, most of it's like around SEO and marketing, uh, but uh, when I receive those email newsletters, I, I you know if I have the time, I'll, I'll look through and and see what's going on. Um, there's a there's a a business acceleration program that I that I joined and I paid a lot of money for that I did so after uh, subscribing to the the person's newsletter and getting regular information from them um, all valuable stuff all stuff that I was able to apply and see results in my business and then I'm like this guy knows what he's talking about I'm gonna sign up for his course so so in cases like that I think a consistent newsletter does help um, establish your brand, establish you as an expert, as someone who kind of can curate the best news and the best information, um, and, and that is valuable. But it's, I think, it's valuable only in certain niches and and for certain audiences. And sometimes it doesn't work as well. Um, yeah, um, I I would agree with you there. Yeah, I've got three um, email newsletters I received that have survived um, the great um, what I call the 2017 email purge. Yeah. Um, and yours is one of them, um, although uh, I guess the old, um, what is it, YFNCG? CG, uh, yep. Um, um, uh, and there would be Lisa's, call that girl. Okay. Um, um, and there is also an Australian one, which is targeted at small solo businesses called Flying Solo. Um, I'll supply a link for you. Um, and what I like about those is that they speak to me. Um, it's the voice they use. They, um, the content, um, yeah, it, it's generally that they apply, the things in there apply to me. So, so that, that's a good point. And I think this is something great for folks who, who haven't gotten traction with a newsletter yet, is consider focusing on a specific industry in your newsletters. So, um, I'm a big proponent of you know folk, of of narrowing down your service offerings to a specific either service niche or client niche or even both, um, and and it, I think it helps with newsletters as well because you said you know the newsletter speaks to you because it's talking about you know struggles that IT owners are facing. Um, so in the same regards, if you you know work with or want to work with, for example, lawyers, law firms, you want to do IT for law firms and you've done it before and you're really good at it and you know the ins and outs of it, you know, create a newsletter for, um, you know, IT issues for, for lawyers. You know, there can be, um, you know, compliance issues or, how, you know, different websites that they might be interested in or, or network security things that they should be thinking about and, and focus on that niche so that when they receive that newsletter, it's, it's not just some generic, you know, computer repair newsletter. It's a law firm IT newsletter that they can really find useful. And I think that might be a way to gain some traction with newsletters. Um, and you can even have a few, you know, one for IT or one for law firms, one for dentist offices, and one for something else. You know, the the clients that you you work well with, uh, focus on them. Yeah, the other good thing about some of those things, what then the three news that is that I liked is that the purpose of them is to inform, not to sell. The buying comes later; it's an afterthought, um, yep. and they are helpful. Uh, and with those three things, it's speaking to me as well. Um, they're the ones that stay. They're the ones that get read the same day they arrive, but they will get read. 
Yeah, you don't have to hit your your readers over the head with your with your services and your service offerings and sales. They they people are smart enough that you know the the they got on your newsletter in the first place, meaning they found you somehow. So they know the services you provide. Um, so instead, yeah, give them value, keep keep them you know coming back, uh, and it's great. Most of the time, you want to have the call to action on your newsletter leading back to your website. So then they end up landing on your website, and that's where they can be reminded of your services or see what you're offering. Um, but yeah, the newsletter, I say, you know, every now and then, if you have like a super special deal or a, a new service or something like that, throw it in there. But most of the time, just stick to value. Um, okay, so so we've covered the pros of the email newsletter. Now, how about I get a bit a, a little bit nasty and we talk about yes. some of the cons? Yes. Okay, open rates. You do all that effort, all that yep. work, and your open rates are, what are we talking, 3%, 6%. You're probably way higher than that. Yeah, and so that I think that that goes back to um, you know the, the focus. Um, so you can get folks to read your newsletter by focusing it more on their specific industry or their specific needs. Um, yeah, because with, with YFNCG, we were getting open rates between 25 and 30%. Um, so, so that's really good. And that's because, you know, the, those newsletters were speaking to the people, they were looking forward to them. They had lots of value. Um, and, uh, so it's just, yeah, it can be, and, um, I've, you know, and that's the kind of open rate I would get with, um, a newsletter for my web design business. Uh, because, you know, I didn't have, I don't have a focus with my web design business. It's basically, uh, just people I know and, and referrals, if they have a WordPress website or if they want a new website, people refer them to me and that's how I get clients. I don't really advertise that business and I, I haven't found my, my niche or my, my toehold in that, in that world yet. Uh, so it's a lot more difficult. 30% open rate's pretty impressive though. That's like hitting, um, the equivalent of hitting your market with a sniper scope because I've heard of open rates that are much, much lower single digit open rates and they're jumping for joy when they get like a, a 9% one. So you're doing really well. But uh, coming back to, I'm just going to play the devil's advocate for a moment. Um, I want you to imagine your average tech. They're not, usually your average tech isn't the greatest people person that you can think of. They're not the person with the most outgoing personality. And for me, I think that marketing that you can do with a keyboard is uh, perfect for the tech who doesn't want to talk to people. Um, You show up, oh, yeah, I know you. Aren't you the guy who sends me those email newsletters every month? I must read them one day. (laughs) Right. So I guess that's where I'm coming from in one respect in terms of um, email marketing. I know it's much more affordable um, and it's, and it's instant. Yeah. I think, um, I think, you know, it should, it should always be a supplement to everything else you're doing. I would never put all my eggs in a newsletter, you know, all my eggs in the one basket of a newsletter. Uh, But I, I think it's, you know, all of these different marketing things you do, um, they, they add up and they, they go on top of each other, you know, so you do the in-person networking and then, uh, and then you hit those same people with the, the newsletters and you hit those same people with the mailing, you know, the mailing postcards and, you know, maybe even a, you ring them up on the phone every now and then and say, Hey, how's your, you know, your computer's working out. 
Um, and, and all of these things, you know, add up to be that guy that is, you know, really good with computers because I see him in my email. I see him, you know, in person. I see him here. I see him there. Um, and then that just kind of builds up. But yeah, if, if you focus, yeah, if you focus too much on the newsletter, um, you can get discouraged because you might not be seeing those click through rates or those open rates that you would hope. That's right. In fact, uh, one of the marketing podcasts I listened to set out a challenge that we call three, um, three people a day. Um, and, but unfortunately with my prospects, that's not going to happen. Um, <laughs> but what I can do is I can get on the phone and I can talk to one of my different one of my clients a day that I haven't heard from in a while. And I can, they can certainly string that out over the year and that will keep me in touch. And who knows what magic can happen from there. I really, yeah. And I, re- I really need to do that myself. I think that's a, that's a great, um, that's a great strategy. Um, and it's, uh, you know, you get a lot more feedback from someone when you're talking to them in person rather than through email or through any other kind of online channel because people can easily ignore you or easily put it off or easily, you know, craft the perfect answer to your question that, you know, is, is hiding what they really think. But if you're talking to them on the phone, they got to come up with an answer to your questions off the cuff. And usually you hear, you know, more of exactly what they're thinking and you get more of an idea of how they're feeling about certain things. Exactly right. Shall we tackle the paper yeah, side so of the th- newsletters now? Yeah, so this is something I'll, I'll kind of hand over to you because it's it's not something I've I've tried, um, uh, but I know that you had a lot of success with it early on, and it's something that you still do. So why don't you kind of talk us through what you're doing with the paper newsletters these days? Well, um, I'll have a chat about yeah where I come from um, when I first started my um, business is that I got a column in the local paper. I was very lucky and that paper uh, went out to, um, I think they had over 100,000 readership every week. So it was the Sunday column. Um, and I found my voice early on in how to write, how to write to people. And people um, enjoyed the column. It was informative, it was humorous. And from that, um, I was able to say, hey, if this is one form that people like, uh, and I've got to say, I didn't know a whole lot about marketing then, I can transfer this to my own. So with newsletters, they weren't so much for me a way of generating new clients as a way of getting new business out of existing clients. So if I cover what I believe are the pros and feel free to challenge me on any point I bring up, the one thing I like about a paper newsletter is that I believe it gets read and it gets read by more than one person. For example, it can be left Mm. on the kitchen table um, and the whole house can read it. So hopefully it's informative, it's entertaining, it's knowledgeable. And that, again, demonstrates that you're an expert in your your subject so that they think, I've got this subject, I've got computers, I've got repair, I need this person to contact me. Um, it's the same with a business. If you distribute one or two or three to a business, even a small business, you know, they might get left in the coffee room or wherever and everyone will read it and when they've got a problem, fingers crossed, you'll be the one they contact. The newsletters... Uh, another positive is that they have, I think they have a longer, t- longer life, a longer table life than the email newsletter. Um, I wouldn't uh, know how often 
your old, uh, well, an old email um, newsletter would get read, but um, one that sitting around for a little while is certainly going to be reused. Um, another way of distributing a newsletter, if you're going to, if you were to do it by post, is that people love lumpy parcels. Have you ever heard about this method of marketing? Yes. So you could you could put put your newsletter in an envelope. Um, you could obviously hand deliver it or deliver it, but this is this is more target marketed. If you had a particular business or firm that you wanted business with, send them something lumpy because everybody loves opening something lumpy. What's in it? It's a surprise, and it's also a way to get past um, what some people in marketing call a doberman. That is the person that guards the person you're trying to talk to. The person. Mm. So if you can keep that person happy, you might get past them and onto the person that you want to market to. Another great thing about the um, paper newsletters or real newsletters, as I like to call them, <laughs> there's no spam folder on your mailbox um, for po for address postal mail, at least in Australia. Now, you'd probably have to check your own individual states and councils and bylaws, but um, as far as I'm aware, certainly in Australia, there is no, um, for if it's an addressed to somebody, they have to put it in your letterbox. Right. Yeah. So they will actually, you know, physically touch it at some point. Um, of course, they could just throw it in the trash right away. That's kind of like <laughs> putting it in the spam box, but um, but at least they'll get it, right? It'll not get blocked from reaching them initially. That's true. That's true. And, and provided, as you say, as we've really covered already in the email newsletters, if you've got the content, if you've targeted it and if it's focused, um, they, they won't be throwing it. Hope that's the fingers right. crossed, isn't it? Yeah. Um, the, another way you can use them is you can use them like a glorified business card. For example, you meet somebody, shake their hands. Instead of giving them a business card, you could give them a newsletter and say, hey, look, uh, this is my latest newsletter. Have a read in spare time. It's all about what I do and, and some tips on such and such. And then that might be a conversation starter for you, just picking up um, one off the hand. This is going to work great for um, for video. Um, but this is actually one I did um, uh, sorry, this is going to work great for audio podcasts, but um, this is one I actually did years ago, about 1997, and it wasn't actually a newsletter. I uh, published a newspaper, uh, my own newspaper, 29,000 copies, wow. um, went to all the homes around Launceston and just made up of informative articles like that. I then went around all of the stores and sold advertising so I, made, I actually made money on it and on the back nice. I had my own um, paid for ad that everybody else had paid for um, uh, and, yeah, lots of interesting articles, a step-by-step step step how-to on how to back up your files. <laughs> um, nice. Um, and yeah, professionally published, newsprint um, and delivered. Um, so th there is another way. Um, the other thing I used to do, um, yeah, is put them in a pack so that when I went in a uh, new customer's place, I would give them a folder and it might have a business card, uh, a sticker for their computer, a newsletter and um, a list of other services that I offer. So that let's say you've gone to a residential job, you've got one uh, of the adult members of the house at home, they've got that, but their partner who's at work comes home, what did you do today? Oh, you know, the computer got fixed and, hey, check this out, this is what the guy left. Now, 
you don't know what the partner does. He might be, as you say, he might be a lawyer in a law firm. He might, whatever, I, our systems need such and such. Hey, check this out. He Was he good? Yeah, he mm. was great. Um, you never know where that's going to be, end up, where it's going to be read. That's that's great. That's that's great. Um, uh, that's a great like upgrade from a business card because a business card you just keep it and you can lose it and it's just it's another business card. But if you leave a newsletter, that's something that's engaging, something that's interesting and informative, and yet it's still like a business card, something that can be shared and brought around. And and if it's in your voice, the people are going to get to know you mm-hmm. before they've met you. Right. Um, the the um, the paper news is. Letters, I believe, have a bit more perceived value. So when you've got something that's printed, it doesn't even have to be glossy. It can be black and white. Um, My old ones used to be black and white on nice paper, um, but they just have that little bit more perceived value than an e-newsletter. And one of the great things about I, I really love about newsletters is there is less competition in that space. Yeah. Um, I don't know what it's like in America. Look, the postal service is reducing. They're talking about, I think they've cut back here already from five days down to three and probably cutting more. Mm. And some days people are only getting one piece of mail. Please let it be mine. Let it be <laughs> mine that comes in front of their face that they get to read and they get to see. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, uh, you know, I I can't think of a new uh, that I I get a newsletter in the mail regularly, if ever. I mean, I'll I'll get like the the advertisement, you know, the 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 coupon magazines and stuff, but um, that you know that would definitely stick out to me because I don't really get newsletters from businesses that often. Um, yeah, look again, it could be going to have to be it'll have to be targeted, but. Um, um, yeah, so that I mean, I, I th- those are those are great pros, and and I'm thinking um, we're gonna have to wrap up here pretty soon. So I want to jump into some of the cons uh, to think about. I know just off the top of my head, I'm thinking like this has got to be expensive to put something like this together, to print all these pages, and to produce this, um, you know, uh, and and then so that that was one issue is is the expense, and then the other issue I was thinking of is with with emails, you know. We talked open rate, you know, you know how many people are opening it and you know how many people are clicking through and interacting with it. Whereas with the newsletters, I, I would imagine um, it's more of a kind of a guessing game and you just throw them out there and, and hope that they're getting read. Well, to answer your first point about the expense, um, you, you could reduce that by self-printing. You can reduce mm-hmm. it by using black and white only. You can reduce it by self-delivering. And... Um, as you were saying before, it's not all about um, um, getting new clients. It's about the marketing that all goes with your other marketing. So it can be about new services for existing clients. So if you don't want the expense of um, having someone deliver it or delivering it yourself, you, you can just hand it to a client when you see them. Um, and that's one of the actually that's one of the secrets that I used to do um, is that um, every Easter I would take around I would be the the Easter bunny but I would bring the Easter eggs go around the state visit all my clients and also have newsletters with me and I could get through any security I didn't even have to sign in um, just a couple of Easter, little Easter eggs and I was through. That's awesome. Uh, uh, and and that was just a, a great little technique for handing out the newsletters and, and revisiting clients, shaking hands, talking to people, and occasionally, occasionally 
new businesses. You heard it here first, folks. <laughs> the the first marketing advice that that <laughs> pertains to getting dressed up as an Easter bunny and visiting your clients. I don't think I've ever heard that before. I didn't so much get dressed up, but I certainly had the basket, the eggs, and they knew every Easter what to look forward to. Um, the other point, um, or the other negative I had was um, some might consider it bad for the environment, but can you can use recycled paper and encourage mm. recycling. Once it's done, you mentioned tracking. You can always put on, um, mention, put your offer on. Your call direction should be there. So you can always mm-hmm. mention, um, you know, quote this reference code or this newsletter and receive X off. And then that there you've got your tracking right there. Yeah. Um, yep. Okay, you're not going to know your open rates or your red rates, but you will know your dollar rates that you come through. ROI, but look, um, yeah. To wrap up, I have got some uh, tips for any kind of newsletter if you've got the time. Great, let's do it. Um, first up, I would say stand out. Have a lead story. Um, have something that's topical. It shouldn't be about your business. Um, look, if you're always struggling, viruses are always good, particularly these days. Um or you could try dispelling some common IT myths. Mm. Um, another tip, be bold. Have a viewpoint that's controversial controversial, and back yourself. Spell out your arguments. People will remember you for longer if you've um, justified what you're saying. They might, well, even if it proves out that your, your opinion is wrong or incorrect later on, they're going to remember you and probably maybe not so much your opinion. Um, pictures. Pictures say a thousand words. Um, get yourself an account with one of the stock images, uh, maybe Shutterstock or Shutter Image, I'm not sure which one it is, and um, make use of their images. Um, try to limit uh, your use of common stock um, pictures of people because right. it stands out as such and people right. recognize it immediately and they know it's better off to have your photo on it than somebody else's it's really sad when I, I you know I visit websites a lot and I'll actually see you know the same exact stock photo show up on on different websites and I'm like oh come on you can at least like have dug a little deeper into the stock photo site to find something better um, and to add on to the to the photos thing, um, something else to to try in the newsletter is to um, you know add more photos of of yourself or your shop, especially if you have like a storefront or something. Um, you know, put put those 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 personal pictures in there as well because that that helps increase that the, the connection to you. Yeah, absolutely. Also, the great thing about pictures pictures say a thousand words, and um, they can be enlarged to fill the page so that your words. <laughs> will actually fill exactly, or they can redu- be reduced so that you get that important last sentence in that you want to make. Um, look, I would say that whether whatever they are, they don't have to be glossy. They don't have to be um, highfalutin. They, as long as it's something from you said in your voice, your tone, um, the, uh, your newsletter should be informative. It should tell, tell somebody how to, give somebody something for free, some information. Probably the most important thing I would say, and I've said it probably three or four times already in this interview, is just find your voice. Find your your true voice and be genuine. When I write, 
I have a particular person in mind. It's an early client of mine, someone who is interested, someone who can follow logic, somebody who is not too far up the ladder of knowledge of computers, but also someone who's not right down the bottom. So I write exactly to that person for their interest. Be humorous. Be funny. Use slang expressions. Mm. Um, It shows you're human. Look, in my very first newsletters I used to put out, I used to go into a lot of depth. And you've, do you guys read mag- magazines? I know they originally came from America. But yeah. in the margins, they have these little car- cartoons and you end up reading a magazine and you turn it and you're looking at the magazine and thing. I did that in my first newsletters my first for the first four yeah. years. And they were brilliant. People just read them cover to cover and turn them side. And the little <laughs> jokes would be little IT gags, little IT jokes. You know, and little IT quotes like, you know, the um, the IBM guy who said there'd only be a market for five computers in the whole world ever, um, things like that. <laughs> I love that. I mean, that that really gives that extra kind of little little inside joke piece of information that people look forward to to getting your newsletter. So you can have all the the dry information, but if you have like a little joke or a little quirky thing that you do every newsletter, it'll it'll be that thing that people you know, associate with you and they look forward to seeing each time. I love that. Yeah, yeah. Try and avoid dry. If you read it through and it's too dry, unless unless you're warning of dire consequences with the latest ransomware, um, try not to keep it dry. dry. The, I think the last point I've, I know I've got a, yep, got a few more. The other thing I would say is, look, avoid, I think Americans call it cussing, avoid cursing mm. anywhere in social media. Be above that. Um. Oh, one really important thing, never, ever, ever call it a newsletter. It can be an update. Uh. It can be something else. But when – here's my latest newsletter, Matt. Get excited about it. (laughs) Yes. Yeah. Whereas if I said, look, I've made a software program that's put people on the moon or going to put – yeah, something that's real that's going to make something stand out. Um, most importantly, don't forget a call to action. Um, that's absolutely vital. And yeah, I've mentioned using it as a flyer before. Um, so that's that's what I've got in terms of some tips for you. I hope that's, that's beneficial. Great. Yeah, that's uh, that's a lot of great tips. Um, a lot of stuff that I that, that I'm going to start doing. Like I want to want to find a way to apply that you know the quirky joke or something into into the newsletters um, and. Also not calling it a newsletter because I was thinking about calling the next thing that I create the computer business marketing newsletter. But I think now you've convinced me not to. Um, you know, I've heard people have like, like cute names like the Monday morning memo or the, you know, tech Tuesday or something like that. Um, just something that kind of sticks out and, and, uh, and, and rolls off the tongue and is recognizable. Well, when you say the word newsletter, when I say it, I think regular, mundane. Yeah. Something to skip. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Do yep. I really have to? But if it was at least an update, you don't have to have to give it a name. Just right. say in my last email I mentioned and my yeah. last conversation and my last booklet um, flyer. Yeah. Cool. Great. Well, this, this has been a great conversation. Uh, we're going to have to wrap it up here, but um, uh, lots of awesome tips. Uh, and, and we got some feedback in, in the chat as well about some folks who are going to uh, try out some of the the ideas we've been talking about. Um, you know, Brian said he's going to try out the tailoring his newsletters to uh, to to target a specific business niche. 
Um, and then uh, Mike said that he's going to start uh, try, just trying newsletters. Um, I think maybe he's talking about the physical newsletters uh, to see how they work. Um, so, so it looks like we're getting some great feedback. So Jay, thanks for, for being a guest here. Um, and you know, fo- folks, if you're listening to this and, and you have ideas or uh, things you've been trying that have been working, or you have opinions around certain aspects of marketing, like Jay, you know, he just mentioned in the, in the Facebook group that, you know, Hey, he was available if, if, um, uh, you know, if I, if we wanted to, to chat on the, the podcast and, and here he is. So folks, if, if you'd like to be a guest, I'd love to have, you know, folks who are in the trenches doing this stuff. Um, even if, you know, it's something that you feel like isn't working for you, um, we can kind of talk through that, uh, in, on the show and, and see what's not working for you and maybe find a way to get it to work for you. Or maybe, you know, that's something other people can learn is, is might not be, uh, you know, something that they would want to try because it, it doesn't work. So, you know, what, whatever, I just, I'd love to have some, some more, um, IT business owners on the show. So, so let me know. You can reach out to uh, me at computerbusinessmarketing.com and there's a form you can fill out on there or in the uh, computer business marketing group. Um, and, and let us know if you'd like to be a guest there. Uh, Jay, thanks again for, for being an awesome guest on the show. Glad to have you. And, um, and we'll keep in touch. And as always, you know, we'll, we'll have you back on, whether it's to, you, you know, you wrote some great posts for your friendly neighborhood computer guy. And so if I ever get that kind of thing going again, I'll definitely have you um, in mind for that as well as just another future guest. Uh, I do this every week. So I got to, you know, every now and then I'm going to have to uh, go back to, to previous guests uh, that have been great on the show. So thanks again. You're welcome. Um, great talking to you. All right, guys. Uh, so before we wrap up here, the, the second sponsor is TechSite Builder. Uh, if you've been listening to this show for a while, you know about TechSite Builder. It is the place you can go to get a fully hosted uh, website up and running for your computer business. So if you want to um, start a, if your if your website's been neglected or it's not really working for you, you know people are visiting your website but they're not converting into customers. Uh, go ahead and give TechSite Builder a try. We make it very, very easy for you to um, get the website going. And we also make it very easy for you to um, add or modify the website. You can add your own content, add your own images, or uh, we kind of get you started with um, some, some content that's built in to TechSite Builder. So, uh, you know, whatever your level of comfortableness with building a website is, uh, we've got you covered. So we can, we can build it for you or you can build it yourself. You can add as many pages as you want. You can make the pages look however you want. You can move things around with our drag and drop page builder. And you know that there's the peace of mind of knowing that your website is backed up. It's secure. It's, uh, it's optimized. Uh, we're keeping all that stuff going on the back end. And all you need to worry about is running your computer business, updating the website every now and then if you want to. Um, and we'll keep it, uh, going for you with good SEO, with good, um, with good speed, mobile optimized, all the stuff that a website needs to be these days. Um, so jump on over. It's very affordable. Uh, head on over to TechSite Builder. Check out, um, all the features we have there. Uh, if you want to, uh, see an example of some, uh, TechSite Builder websites in the wild, just shoot me a message and I'll send you a list of, uh, some of my favorite TechSite Builder websites where folks have done some cool things with, with setting it up so you can see what they look like. Uh, and then we'll get you uh, set up a 30 day money back guarantee. So if you, uh, aren't happy with it, we're, that's fine. So it might not be for everybody. So, 
uh, we'll happy to refund your money. So there's really no risk. Just give it a shot. See if you like it. And uh, most folks who do check it out end up sticking with it. So check it out at techsitebuilder.com. So we're going to go ahead and wrap up the show now. Let's keep the conversation going. Head over to computerbusinessmarketing.com and let us know what you think in the comments section in the show notes. Uh, also, don't forget, you can send questions via email to mail at techsitebuilder.com and just say that you're contacting uh, us about the uh, the podcast or uh, just visit computerbusinessmarketing.com. Leave a comment over there. We love to hear you. Uh, hear from you in the comments section. Also, if you listen to the show in iTunes or Stitcher, uh, go ahead and leave us a review. We love to hear from you guys uh, in the review section of iTunes and Stitcher. Give us a shout out. Um, Let us know whether you like it or hate it. Either way, just uh, give us that review in iTunes. Uh, I'd appreciate it. And that'll help the podcast get found by other folks on those platforms. Finally, don't forget to check out our sponsors, the Unconvention, the DC Unconvention 2017 at unconvention.io and TechSite Builder at techsitebuilder.com. Thanks again uh, for checking out the Computer Business Marketing Show. This is Matthew Rodella saying, here's to your success. Your success.